The Lord be with you, Hope College. Welcome. We just, just so you know, we just um, witnessed a very exceptional thing. The worship team, like, messed up. They actually, they seem superhuman for the most part, but they have feet of clay like the rest of us, and it is such a rare occurrence that you do because you're wonderful. Thank you. It will never happen again. Never. So mark it. Mark it. Gentlemen. Is this on? Oh, cool. All right, we have a message for the guys in here. All right. Hopefully, a couple weeks ago, you heard James Ellis uh, talk about man camp. If not, or not from around campus, we want to extend another personal invite to you men. Tuck's going to explain a little bit what we're about. So this Friday, if you're a dude, sorry, we want you there. We're going to go to Camp Geneva, meet at the Kepler House at 4 o'clock. We're going to be grilling out, playing some games, having some competition, uh, hearing a little bit more about what does it mean to be a man of God. So we want all of you there, and Brenner. Yeah, so if you haven't signed up yet, you could take out your smartphone right now. I know you all got smartphones. And you can uh, point the camera at the QR code. It'll give you the link. Um, yeah, if you're not sure if you can make it, still scan the link. Um, just so you have it on your phone, you can make that decision to, to come. Uh, we just want as many guys as we can get there. It's going to be a good time. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. you. You got it. You got it. Friday night, 4 o'clock to 11 o'clock. I have one other shout out this morning. There are 53 students here from North Point Christian High School. Music students, are you here? Woo! Woo! Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. They're making beautiful music all day, and we're glad you're here, and we hope you come back. People of God, we are in the season of Lent. I just want to remind you that Lent is the 40 days prior to Easter, and it's a gift to us. We are to remember that we are dust, and it is a time to ready ourselves for the cross and for resurrection. When I used to teach little ones at the church I went to, we'd describe Advent and Lent as the getting ready time. Because on Easter, we say, we dare to say that Christ is risen. And it is best if we make this life-altering, world-changing declaration with a bit of an on-ramp. And that's what Lent is to us. It gets us ready once again to meet the Lord, to meet the risen Lord. It is a common practice sometimes to give up things for Lent or sometimes to give ourselves two things. And this season, I have been trying to give myself just better and a little more to prayer and worship. And I've been spending time in the New Testament book of Hebrews. So if you want to open there, that's where we're going to land for just a few minutes this morning. Hebrews, I love, because really Hebrews is a sermon, and it's a masterful one. And Hebrews sets out to tell us one thing, that there is none like Christ. He is the word of God spoken to us. And as the only Son of God, and as the Son of humanity, Christ alone is the mediator between the divine and between the divine's beloved. Christ is our priest, Hebrews tells us, the one who brings us, as unworthy as we are, into the presence of God. 
Christ is the sacrifice that takes away our sins, and therefore there is none like him. And so Hebrews exhorts us to take our faith and place it in him, as many others have done. So we are going to read just a couple of verses, verses 1 through 3 from chapter 12. And you probably know this. Listen to the word of the Lord. Therefore, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners when you grow weary and lose heart. The author of Hebrew reminds us that our life before God is not a spectator sport. We're runners. Runners. Now, I know, I know at this point in this semester, you are feeling like a runner, right? You are in a dogged sprint to the end. Good luck. Bless you. But take heart. This is a race of another kind. I don't know exactly how your semester is going to end well, I hope. But because our God is steadfast and true, the end of this race is a beautiful one. And it is sure. The race of faith is decidedly marked from all others. And there are two things that I quickly want to notice about this. One, it's a race that we run in good company. And two, it is marked by Christ. Hebrews tells us our race of faith is never run in isolation. We're never alone in this race. There's this great cloud of witnesses who have run before us, who run in a way with us, and even now in the heavenlies are cheering us on. The Bible is filled with the story of these witnesses, and we are meant to see them sort of like photos in our family album. I love that scripture never makes them prettier than they are. As we page through this book, we see their ugly, we see their waywardness, their poor choices, their missteps, their lack of faith, and so much more. None are perfect, all are broken, yet by grace. Witness after witness running with perseverance the race marked out for them. Right before we read in chapter 12, chapter 11 gives us this beautiful picture of Abel and Enoch and Moses and Rahab, Gideon and Barak, portraits of faith that give us very real images to hang on to, witnesses that give us glimpses of the wondrous work of our faithful God. I'm wondering, did anyone form a kinship with Samson? This spring, as we heard the word of the Lord to us from judges in the gathering, I found that by the end, I was weeping over Samson, over the ins and outs of his terrible, tragic, yet exalted life. Did anyone hear Paul's encouragement and advice to Timothy and hear a word to your very soul? 
who has been a witness for you from these very pages? Who has showed you that God will work his redeeming purposes in our lives, often in spite of us? Who have you learned from, leaned into? Who has been a voice in your ear saying, keep going, you're doing great? Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, oh, run, run. Put away that which weighs you down. Lay aside the sin that so easily entangles you and run with perseverance the race set before you, fixing your eyes on Christ. We are in good company in this race, chiefly because we run in the company of Christ. He is the preeminent witness, the faithful one. And this race, this race that we run, belongs to Christ. He began it, he will end it, and he has marked the course for us as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Only Jesus has run this course to the end, and in doing so, by running all the way to the cross, he has made it possible for all others to follow. This fall, we in West Michigan here and in this community lost a particular witness, the wonderful Reverend Cornelius Van Heest. Neil was a student at Hope College, came to this very chapel in the years 1948 to 1952. And I have good news, his grandson still goes here, Matt. Matt told me he was here, Matt Van Heest. His sister came before him. Neil, Matt's grandfather, 48 to 52, was an avid lifelong runner, and he was on the cross-country team while he was here. I love this recollection that he talks about a particular race. He writes, I remember well a cross-country race in which we knew the score would be close. From the start of the race, I increased my pace. It all seemed to go well until I was a quarter mile from the finish line. I began to doubt if I could even finish. Then, suddenly, I noticed running alongside me my friend, who was the top runner in the league. I wondered what he was doing so far back in the pack. Then I realized he had already finished winning the race, and returned a quarter of a mile to run alongside me, to encourage me. I thought that was really nice until he spoke. Pass that fellow. Pass that guy ahead of you. Now, I was going to explain to him how tired I was, and then I realized I couldn't say that to him. I mustered what energy was left and passed the runner he had indicated. He spoke again, past that runner. Again, I could find no way to excuse myself from digging a little deeper and passing one more runner. When he had repeated the procedure one more time, I reached the finish line. Then, with amazement, I finally realized what he had actually done. After winning and finishing the race, he had come back 
to encourage and inspire me to finish better than I believed possible. Neil writes, finishing the race of life is made possible only by our Savior, who has run the race of life on earth perfectly and now desires us and now desires to run along with us so that we too may finish strong. Jesus not only calls us across the finish line, he takes our incomplete faith and makes it perfect. Friends, other contests will call you. There are days when you feel like you will run in from beginning to end. But this is the true race of your life. And the race of Christ is the only one worthy of you. Keep your eyes fixed, fixed on Jesus. And when you grow weary and when you lose heart, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Go in peace.